Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I'm so excited to come to you today live from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're going to hear our family gathering um, in the background, but we are so thankful that we are a part of the body of Christ. We can gather together to fellowship and to worship, uh, to hear reports and to celebrate what God is doing here in Arkansas and beyond. And speaking of beyond, we have a sweet friend from outside of Arkansas, Tara Dew, with us today on the podcast. Welcome, Tara. So glad to be here, Andrea. Oh, Tara, you are such a sweet friend. And I am so excited to introduce you to the women of Arkansas. First of all, tell us uh, who you are and how you're connected in SBC Life. All right. So I am the wife of Jamie Dew. Uh, We were high school sweethearts. We've now been married almost 22 years. He is the president at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and Level College. And we have two sets of twins. Nathan and Natalie are 15. Samuel and Samantha are 12. So life is full and busy, but so fun. And I love the women of the Southern Baptist Convention and getting to serve them anytime I can is such an honor. I love that. And I can't even get my mind around two sets of twins. (laughs) I know that we could probably do an entire podcast just on that story alone. Yes, they're fun. But you you uh, have lovingly termed your family the Dew Crew. That's right. right? So tell That's us about right. that, how that came to be. Well, when they were little, um, I needed a way to get all four of them at the same time. And crew rhymes with dew. So I just could call out Dew Crew, whether we were at a playground or church or whatever, and they four would just know they would need to come. Well, when we moved to New Orleans... I realized that crews are part of everything in New Orleans. They are social clubs that um, collect items throughout the year to then do a Mardi Gras float. And so crew around the rest of the country is spelled C-R-E-W, but in New Orleans it is spelled (laughs) K-R-E-W-E. So we are the do crew and now we just spell it with a K instead of a C because we live in the city of New Orleans. And you have really embraced your city. Yeah. We, um, I tell you, God has done a work in our hearts. Um, we were in North Carolina, very happy, loved our life, or were around friends. Um, and when God called us, it was kind of to a land that we did not know. And we had only heard some things that were not so great about it. But we began to pray, God, would you help us to love this city the way you love this city? And that you would love these people the way you love these people. And that is a prayer he has answered really from the very beginning. And we've learned that our city has great history. Our city has amazing food and music and art and culture. There is the brokenness that the media portrays or that we hear about. But the beauty of what the gospel is doing in our city is amazing. And we have 29 church plants. We have all these amazing compassion ministries uh, where the hope of Jesus is being shared in a city that, that sometimes is known for its darkness. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you know, the light and how the light shines in the darkness Mm -hmm. and how bright the light is in the darkness is such a beautiful analogy for what God is doing in New Orleans. So you mentioned you're from North Carolina. Take us back to the beginning, (laughs) uh, a little bit about uh, your early years, how you came to know the Lord. Uh, Share a little bit of your journey with us. Okay. So my mom and dad were both saved in college. And uh, so I often say that I was raised in the church. Whenever the church doors were open, we were there. And um, my mom and dad began to 
to really walk with the Lord and teach us how to do that. But when I was six years old, I went to a Billy Graham crusade, and um, I can remember he had such a way of sharing just the love of Jesus in a way that a child could understand or a grown-up. And I was with my mom and my grandma and my grandpa. And I remember turning to my grandma and saying, have you ever trusted Jesus? And she said, no. And I said, me neither. Let's go down together. Wow. So my grandma at the age of 55 and me at the age of six walked down together at a Billy Graham crusade and accepted Jesus. Just two years later, my dad would be transferred to North Carolina. And um, it was there, really in middle school, I did an experience. Experiencing God Bible study mm-hmm. by Henry Blackaby, yes. the youth edition. And that's when I really began to grow in my own faith that this now needed to be something that was personal for me. Right. And um, and that began my journey of just loving God's word. And I had an NIV student Bible that I would read and yes. I would highlight. And um, I just began to grow in my love for who God was because I was studying his word. Yes. And when I was a sophomore in high school is when I experienced a call to ministry. And I did know what that would look like. I remember walking down front because I was just having this overwhelming sensation that I just needed to go. And the counselor said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be a missionary. Maybe I'm going to be a children's pastor or a children's director. I knew I loved working with children. I knew I was called to be a teacher. So maybe my classroom was going to be that. But just a year later, Jamie and I would begin dating, and um, he had been called to the ministry as well. And so I immediately began, God began to cultivate this calling in my own life of what that would look like as I served alongside him. And so as we got married, and I became a pastor's wife for nine years, and then um, he began to transition into the academy and uh, become a professor. And so I then became a professor's wife, and then he became a dean of the college at Southeastern, so I became a dean's wife. And then... Three years ago, God had a totally unexpected change of course for us when the search committee at New Orleans Seminary reached out. And so now I find myself as the president's wife. Wow. Um, But it has been such a beautiful journey of following God, and he writes better stories for our lives Mm. than we ever could. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. So looking back, as you think about different spiritual markers, maybe Mm -hmm. the uh, experiencing God study, uh, the call to ministry, what, is there one that really stands out that you go back and you think, okay, that was such a defining moment for me in terms of the Lord just pouring truth into my life, that, and then that has made me, in a sense, who I am today. God has used that to fashion me into my calling for minister's wives and for teaching the Word and things like that. Absolutely. So I, I think there's really three big markers. The first would have been my call to ministry. In that sophomore year, I was at a youth camp. Uh, Clayton King was preaching um, at a camp. I'm from North Carolina, and um, I can remember at that point being um, so convicted that the leadership abilities that God had given me were not for myself, mm-hmm. and that I was to use them to build God's kingdom. And then when I became a pastor's wife was a really defining marker for me because I had had no training to become a pastor's wife. I was just married to a pastor, but I've all of a sudden found myself with a lot of expectations from the church or even internal expectations of what I thought a pastor's wife was. And over the nine years of serving at that church, I realized that pastor's wives come in all sizes and shapes. They come with all sorts of giftings and abilities, but what we're called to be is the best church member we can. Mm. We're called to love God's church and use what he's given us to bless the church. And that's what I was able to do. And then the third defining moment was when I was able to do a doctorate of education 
education at Southeastern Seminary, and I chose to research pastor's wives because I wondered how many of them were like me. They had worked to put their husbands through school, but yet had no training themselves. And so I researched pastor's wives, and a burden that I had had really developed into a flaming passion that I now get to spend my days doing, just serving, encouraging, and equipping pastor's wives. So great. And actually, that's why you're here in Arkansas. That's right. Uh, to, yesterday, you spoke at our Minister's Wives Conference, and wow, what a word the mm. Lord brought through you. And mm. so I want us to unpack that together. Absolutely. Our key verse uh, for this year here at Arkansas Baptist, for Arkansas Baptist women, is First Peter 3.15, talking about always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you that's have right. in Christ. That's and right. I love to even back up and be, the beginning of, of that where it talks about setting your, your heart apart. Yep. And so you have yep. three great points as yep. we talk about that passage of Scripture. Share that with our listeners as an encouragement for them as they are thinking about their stories. Absolutely. I mean, so when you look at 1 Peter 3.15, the first words you come to are, in your hearts you need to regard Christ the Lord. And that word regard means revere or to worship or to sanctify or to set apart. And things that are holy, things that are um, of God, are separate than the things of this world. And so what Peter is encouraging us, first of all, is to set apart Christ in our hearts. And so I gave the ladies the three S's. So that's the first S, to set apart Christ, meaning he alone should be the one on the throne of your heart. He alone should be the one that you worship, the one that you live for, um, because he alone is rightly do that. Yes. And so as believers, before we are anything else, we're followers of Jesus that's Christ. Right. That's our primary calling is to know God and to love God and to make him known. And so I tell people often we get it confused and we think that whatever role we're in, that's our primary calling. But your first calling is not to be a wife or a mom or a teacher or a student or a business worker or a nurse. Your first calling in life is to regard Christ as holy, to set him apart and to be a follower of him. And then your secondary calling is how you fulfill that. So I encouraged ladies yesterday, first of all, set apart Christ as Lord. The second S was to share your story with hope. And that comes from just a little bit later in the verse where it says, be ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's in you. And we talked about how that be ready means to be prepared, to be fit for immediate use. And um, I shared the story about my little son, Samuel, who used to get dressed first thing in the morning when he woke up for his baseball game that night. So he would come into my room at 6.30 in the morning fully dressed for the baseball game. Cleats, pants, cup, <laughs> the whole belt, thing. <laughs> jersey. And he was ready. And I said, so often we do not live our lives ready. We don't live our, side, our lives prepared and fit for immediate use. But that's what Peter is encouraging us here. You need to be prepared and be fit and be ready to share your story at any time. And so I encouraged the lady, two, the ladies yesterday, two things that I pray all the time are, God, help me to love you more today. And the second thing I pray is, would you open my eyes to where you're working and let me join you there? And when you pray that and when you're ready, God will open your eyes for people that you can share the hope that's in you. And then we even talked about what is hope because so many times that's a Christian word that we throw around and uh, the world defines it as optimistic thinking or you know wishful good thoughts of what's to come. But we talked about how hope for a believer is a faith that is looking forward 
with a joy that is for the present. Yes. And love so I, I think that that's a really good way for us to live our lives. We are not citizens of this earth. We have a citizenship in heaven. We are going there. We are strangers and exiles right here, just like the people Peter is writing to. And we're encouraged. We are looking forward to that heavenly kingdom that is coming and the king that is coming back, which causes us to live with joy today in our circumstances. It's not a happiness based on what we have going on. It is a deep anchored joy that comes from knowing we have been saved. Amen. And so not only do we set apart Christ as our Lord, not only are we ready to share our story of hope, but then the last thing is that we're to say it with gentleness yes. and respect. And that comes from right at the beginning oh, of verse 16, where it says we're to do it with meekness and fear or kindness and esteem or gentleness and respect. Different translations translate it different ways, but it's the same thing. The gospel in and of itself sometimes can be convicting because people don't like to hear that they're sinners or that their lifestyle needs to be changed. And so we don't have to be jerks in the way we That's share right. the gospel. Right. And as we share our story of hope, we are to do it with the truth but also with perfect love. We are to do it with this gentleness, this kindness. And I think about the Gospel of John and he says, by our love, this world will know that we are his disciples. And so in everything that we do, may we be people with the aroma and the fragrance of Christ that shares our hope, shares our faith, but with such a kindness and an esteem for the person we're talking to. They are not an opponent to be crushed. They are not somebody that we have to just win. They are an image bearer of Christ that we are called to make a brother and sister in our family. And, and don't you find that as we pray for that heart of gentleness, that the Lord really changes our heart Absolutely. and we see them where they are and we realize something you said yesterday, they're not the enemy That's to be right. conquered. That's that, right. You know, we, we then are compelled to share out of a place of love and love casts out fear. Yes. And so it's just so beautiful yes. how God is equipping us through his word. That's right. To That's live right. that full, free, abundant life and that that impacts every area of our life. Yes. You know, how we understand our story, how we process our story, how we share our story. And so that scripture, when we take it apart, it deals with our heart. Yes. And I, I love the transformation process. Yes. I know you do yes. too. And friends today, if you maybe are hearing this and maybe you're convicted because you haven't been setting apart Christ mm. as Lord, or you, you haven't been uh, sharing your story of hope, or you haven't maybe done that with gentleness and respect, know today is a reset day. That's right. That God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And just commit to him that, that you're going to have eyes to see and that you're going to have ears to hear and that you are going to go as he leads and then do that with love do that with gentleness uh, but also with bold faith yes. and so yes thank you for sharing that with Absolutely. us and unpacking that with us <clears throat> all right so Tara we always end our podcast with one question and I know oh, I'm throwing this at that's you okay. and and the, friends this podcast is just a pop-up podcast and I'm so I love how God works in that so here's our question that we end with tell us what inspires you mm, I love that what inspires me is when I see the Holy Spirit working in his church and in this world around us. When I see the living spirit of God calling people out of darkness into light and transforming their life. When I see the Holy Spirit of God calling people into ministry. When I see churches reaching their communities because of the Holy Spirit being with them 
it inspires me, it encourages me, um, because our God is not dead. Our God is alive and active. And when we share his word, and when we are about what he's about as his followers, his spirit goes before us. Amen. And it encourages me, and it inspires me. And it's such, um, it's such an, an invitation that we have to participate with what he's Amen. doing. That's and so, so I love it and I'm inspired by it and I see it every day yes. is doing the work that we get to do and it, it fires me up and keeps me going. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Okay, so perfect way to end or conclude our podcast is by you telling our listeners a little bit about what God is doing at New Orleans yep. Baptist Theological Seminary, how they can get involved uh, if they are sensing a call to ministry yes. and some of your programs. So tell us just yes. a little bit about that. Absolutely. So at New Orleans Seminary, we say prepare here to serve anywhere because if you can do ministry in New Orleans, you can do it anywhere around the world. But in that, we have a new women's initiative called Prepare Her because we want to encourage and equip the entire body of Christ. And so we have a lot of guys coming and, and seeking God's calling and theological education, but we also want to equip and encourage women for whatever God's calling them to. And so Prepare Her is all of our women's initiatives. And so this is um, programs for students. Um, we have female students and undergrad, grad, and doctoral levels. We have a variety of uh, programs that they can join. But then we also have Ministry Wives Certificate Program called Thrive. We do a, a yearly women's conference called Abide that anybody can come and join. And then we've got some special women's life um, events that are happening on campus. So check out prepareher.com for everything related to women and however we can serve God's church and serve his people. We'd love to do that. Wow. Amen. Thank you so much, Tara, for joining us, and we are so thankful for you. And just know, here in Arkansas, you have a lot of sisters who are praying well, for you. We love you, you too. <laughs> and absolutely with you all the way. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.